Welcome back to the Capable Podcast. It's your host, Haley, here bringing you another guest, Olivia. Olivia, thank you so much for coming on today to share your experience with your son. Um, tell me a little bit about what it was like with raising him and finding out his diagnosis. Yeah, thanks, Haley, for inviting me. Yes, so um, I believe my son was about 18 months or so when um, we you know, discovered he had um, autism. And, you know, really, you know, when we went to like the doctors for his um, 18 months um, check uh, checkup, you know, we expressed like some concerns, you know, being that he wasn't very verbal, like most kids. And, you know, the pediatrician doctor, um, you know, she assured us that, um, you know, he was okay that we shouldn't have to worry about like autism and you know really that was the first time I heard of or really paid close attention to the word autism and you know right after um the checkup I went home to do some research because my background is in research and I you know you know, it was an eye opener because a lot of like the symptoms of some of like the signs, you know, like the flapping of the hands, the tiptoeing and all of that were aligned with, you know, behaviors that we were seeing with him. And so we, you know, went ahead to schedule for like a, a diagnosis and uh, we went to, uh, you know, Vanderbilt. It was like a nine months um, wait, but we we're put on like a wait list. And so I called every single day and I was able to get in in less than one month, but <laughs> I had to call in like every single day. And, you know, eventually when we got in, after they met with my son, they eventually confirmed his diagnosis of you know autism. And I was really um, relieved in that moment um, just because it confirmed some of my concerns. Mm -hmm. And also that I was able to now know how to best help him. Yeah. So it only took uh, like a nine month wait list. And then you called every day to be like, that's not every single me. day. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm sure they were tired of me. So. <laughs> They're like, we're getting there in the first of the line. <laughs> yeah. So the doctor diagnosed you and then did you get like resources of where to go next or did you have to figure that out on your own too? So the doctor puts together like a list of, you know, resources. She, um, you know, recommended ABA, occupational therapy, speech therapy, um, hypotherapy. She did provide some, you know, direct contact, uh, but, you know, especially being in middle Tennessee, you know, we're ever growing and we, constantly stay on the wait list so by the time I was able to reach out to those contacts that she provided there was like a wait list for like a year or so so I had to do some you know digging in and had to like call several places before we're able to get into some of those recommended um, services yeah and then how about the school setting how did was that an easy transition or how did that look so for the school setting, um, the same, you know, doctor recommended TIS. So um, so TIS is with the state of Tennessee is their early intervention program. Oh, okay. And so 
he qualified for it as long as you are under three um they provide um they work with your your insurance like if you have private insurance they work with your private insurance and anything additional or any cost additional the state pays for it <laughs> so you know i don't think a lot of like you know families knows about like the early intervention program but it's really great mm -hmm. and um including that he also had um with the from the ten, uh, tis he had a uh geez, what is it called uh developmental therapy and mm -hmm. really it's just um someone playing with him and teaching him how to play so it was all based on you know him like him focused but teaching him like the right way to mm -hmm. play or the right way to do things and those were all covered by the state of Tennessee now post or when he turned three years old he got transferred into the school system mm -hmm. and so because he had like all those like previous like records from the state of Tennessee it was a very smooth transition mm -hmm. so he went into straight into like the um I mean most people will call it like head stats and then we went to the morning sessions and then eventually, you know, he's got into kindergarten and then, you know, grade school. Yeah. Nice. But it was a very easy transition. And I would say that, you know, being that the state was already aware of like his progress and all of that, it was, it was smooth compared to, you know, I do have friends that, you know, moved from out of state or they came in from out of state, it was a little bit harder for them because they had to go through like so many like hoops mm -hmm. because again, they couldn't like transfer like information from like another state into like the state of Tennessee. So they had to almost start from ground zero. So yeah. starting all over. Did mm -hmm. anybody like mention that they can see a difference like when your kid started earlier and like it was the best idea that you did or did they mention anything like that? Like because I know in teacher side of things like we always say earlier the better. And like, yes, any of his teachers mention anything like thank you so much for getting it on board and getting them started as early as you did. Yes, I mean. You know, just even in looking at research, early intervention is always key. You know, you know, people will always say that. But again, you know, no one would really ever tell you like because you go in or because you start all the services early that uh you will see an impact. I think again, just being more cautious about promising parents. You know, they always say, you know, early intervention is great, but they usually would never like say anything more than that. Because again, you don't want to overpromise parents or give them false hope that, okay, because you started speech therapy, your child is going to start talking the next day or any of that. But I mean, research has shown that, you know, early intervention is key. You know, it helps like kids in, you know, adapting to their environment better than those who have not like tapped into those um, therapies. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So with all this process, tell me like a 
a good story that you've had with your son? Oh, I mean, there's been a lot of great, like, stories about him. I mean, I think, you know, especially with kids on the spectrum, you always uh, reward, like, the small gains. Now, what is considered to be, oh, it's, it's typical. I'll, I'll give you an example. You know, we've been struggling with him using like his utensils and to a typical child at two years old, three years old, they already like, they know how to hold their utensils. They know, okay, a spoon, I'm going to use a spoon. I'm going to know how to use X, Y, Z. But with my son, he struggled hard mm -hmm. learning to use like his utensils. And so random day, we're just eating because I always give him that opportunity to use it. So just because, you know, it's not his preference doesn't mean I'll just completely, you know, stop. But he was like eating, using like his fork to like eat like his spaghetti. And when I saw that, I was like screams like, oh my God. <laughs> and so, so, you know, so just those little gains are amazing. Like I'm sure like most typical parents will probably think I'm crazy, but I try to like praise like those little gains that I see from him. You know, if I see, okay, I give him like his, uh, a top to put on and he's, able to do that by himself that is a gain to me it may not be a big deal to any other person but to me it's a big deal or even pulling on his shoes or if I say I'll make like a full sentence and he's able to like understand my full sentence it's it's just little things that we take for granted that so it's it's been a it's been a it's been a good journey, you know. It's been I mean I can see, you know, difference from when he was two to where he currently is at. It may not seem great, like a lot to many people, but to me it's significant. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you said he's nonverbal. So how has his communication like developed over the years? I mean, I would say that's one aspect that we are still struggling with because um he hasn't necessarily like um, taking great interest in like sign language. You know, we've tried the picture uh, picture format, but currently he is learning like the AAC, mm -hmm. um, both um, at school and independent um, therapies. And he's using like the lamp, like that's the the software is the lamp, and. And I would say he's progressing um a little bit. Um, you know, he is um most times it's being prompted, but he is at least making an attempt. So I feel like over time he would get a handle of it, but it's just you know, continuous like modeling on what he needs to do. Yep. It's building that like modeling of like putting each piece together and then how to form the sentence on it. And then he's just even navigating how to get to like certain categories on it is a problem. Mm -hmm. Yes. You have a son who is amazing. And is this the reason maybe why you wrote your own book? 
Yes, it is. It is. So, you know, the purpose of like the book I wrote, Alice Gift, um, really is creating awareness and acceptance uh, about autism. You know, like I previously mentioned, like before I had my son diagnosed, I mean, I've heard of like autism, like in the passing comment, but I've never really like, you know, paid much attention to it. So the book really is promoting awareness of what autism is, you know, also debunking like all stereotypes about autism, you know, just because a child looks a certain way doesn't mean that they may not be struggling, you know, so we have like a lot of like people suffering from silent disabilities that no one is aware of. So the book really is, you know, promoting awareness and how to seek for help as well. So it's okay reaching out or getting therapies for your child. You know, there is no guarantee that, you know, the speech therapy would help your child to talk, but it might. Mm -hmm. There's no guarantee that occupational therapy will help your child learn how to like hold a pencil or a pen, but it might. So, you know, just knowing that those opportunities or those services are out there, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. Like you won't know if it benefits your child if you don't try it. Correct. I think one thing I also hear is um, a lot of mothers saying how like tiresome it is because they're like, we have to go to PT and then we have to go to ABA and then we have to go to this appointment and this appointment. Do you ever feel like any of that plays a role? Um, I mean, I would say initially, yes, but over time you just get a handle of it. You know, you, I, I, would, I would say that, you know, a big part of, you know, autism is to have um, a support group. You need to have, um, you need to have support, you know, whether it's, you know, through your family, your spouse, uh, counseling and all of that, I would say it's definitely, um, I mean, I would definitely recommend that because it can be overwhelming. You know, there are days where everything is going great and you're just crying. You know, so I think, you know, having that support group, like having that one person where you can vent to and, and they are able to like provide that support that you need at that moment, I think is very, is very key. And then, I mean, you would even hear about like so many, you know, families, you know, where autism diagnosis have probably led to separation of, you know, mom and dad because, is either mom is in um mom is like the the one bearing all the the things and dad is in denial or vice versa mm -hmm. and you know especially for men you know who have a boy especially typically most men would want to like play with their son when they grow up to like you know play soccer football baseball and things like that so you know not knowing that they may do that it's it's hard so it's always good to have that support yes 100 percent. yeah and what you're going with with the parent situation I always find that there's one that's in denial mm -hmm. yes but I think it's awesome that you wrote a book I mean so proud of you for doing that you got the, the curve to do that that's totally awesome and then 
doing what you're doing now, just like you're not giving up and you're going to make sure that your kid lives to the fullest. And is there any like advice you give to like parents with disabilities or even parents in general of just disabilities as a whole? Um, I mean, if there is one advice will be have hope, you know, do not let, do not give up and just have hope. I think that is like, uh, you know, what motivates me to continue to try. Now, you know, we can see what happens or what will happen tomorrow, um, but we can only do everything within our power in this moment. And that is providing all the necessary tools that we can give our kids on this, um, you know, special needs or disabilities or whatnot. And so I would say, be kind to yourself as well. You know, um, like I, you know, previously mentioned, it's okay to cry. It's okay to have those emotions, you know, as long as you are able to, you know, pick up yourself and keep on moving and keep on hoping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would express that enough to like, I hear a lot of it is like the hope part. And sometimes like some people are like, it's getting low. And I'm like, you, just, I don't care how low it is. You got to keep having the hope. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for everything. And I hope your son's doing well and keeps doing well. You're doing great with him. Thank you. <laughs> and as always, stay tuned for more stories to come. Mm -hmm.